You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. How you doing out there? Doing pretty good over in uh, St. Louis Mo. Um, it is a pretty productive day, I guess. I don't know. What, what does that even mean anymore? I just got done with a uh, a call with a doctor because I am trying to figure out if I have ADHD or not. Um, apparently, ADHD is often misdiagnosed and not diagnosed in women till late in their lives because it manifests differently in women than boys. And so, um, I don't know. A lot of uh, I think I've talked to you guys about it before, but a lot of listeners have written to me about that you know after hearing me on this podcast which I talked about you guys on on this call I said people have listened to me on the podcast where I share a lot of my feelings and a couple people have alerted me that I might have ADHD and um I have a lot of issues in asking for or to finding out about a diagnosis of this because first of all everyone everyone wants to get on Adderall not everyone but like I know that people try to fake like they have ADD so that they can get on Adderall so that they can like fucking clean their house or feel alive or not eat all of these things that um you know and I'm very paranoid about anything that doesn't that makes me lose my appetite because as someone who's had an eating disorder before I don't want anything giving me that I mean I used to be pretty stubborn about not being on Adderall because I was like I'm I just starve myself from willpower alone I don't need a drug to help me and um and so I, that's why I didn't want it in the, back in the day whenever, when lots of girls were getting on Adderall so they wouldn't eat. And then I just didn't want to do it because I didn't want to th- anyone to think that that's what I was trying to get. So And I just didn't know that I would ever be someone who has ADD. I just always thought of it as someone who got distracted by squirrels. And I don't like squirrels that much. Honestly, they're fine. Actually, I do love squirrels, but I'm not distracted by them. I'm a little bit. I don't know. Birds? Definitely. Um, cute, adorable birds, very distracted by those, but you know, ADD or ADHD, you just think that it just, um, you just think of it differently than just a girl with a messy room, um, or someone who can't bring themselves to get any work done and procrastinates till the legitimate last second. I mean, people think of me as someone who's like a very hard worker and I fought that, that, um, title for so long because I just, it's, I don't feel like I'm a hard worker and I've been told I am, but it's not the kind of work that I think is hard work. I think hard work is writing every day and sitting down and, and reviewing your writing, going over it, making changes, um, listening to, and then this is just for comedy, looking, watching tapes of yourself, listening to tapes of yourself, taking notes, writing things down, um, looking at your notes before you go on stage. None of those things I just said do I ever do. Not at all. I, ever I mean I, back in when I first started stand-up I would keep notebooks and write things down but it's the same as it is now which is if I r- think of an idea for a joke I just write three words in my notebook in my phone and then those three words aren't never enough for me to actually remember what the joke is and then I have to just wing it my whole life has been winging it and yes I work hard but my hard work is I book sets for myself I just say yes to everything And then I feel obligated to do it. So then I go and I show up and I do it. But I don't really prepare enough for things. I'm always winging things. I'm always waiting for the last second to do things. My best material always comes to me at the last minute. 
I usually write my best jokes when I'm walking on stage, when I'm in the back of the room about to go on stage, or when I'm driving to a show. I can tell you where I was when I came up with what most of my best jokes, and they're always in some um, circumstance where it's like fight or flight. I, I'm not, I don't, I don't really do, I don't think hard work, I don't characterize hard work as saying, yes, I'm going to do this podcast. Yes, I'll do your podcast. Yes, I'll do Conan. Yes, I'll do The Tonight Show. Yes, I'll do The Rose of Comedy Central. When I agree to those things, they're months away or a week away, and then they show up suddenly, and I have to do them. And I just show up and do it. That to me is not hard work. All that is, is just saying yes to things. Um, the hard work is what you do around those things. And yes, there have been times that I've prepared a lot for roast and I've prepared a lot for my special, but I am never doing, if I worked as hard as some of your favorite comedians who work very hard work, I could be so much better. And I know you're like, Nikki, we like you the way you are you don't know what I could be capable of. I just got off, off this call with this doctor and I was like, I just, I'm capable of so much more. And there's something that's holding me back. And if it is ADHD and if I can treat it, whether it's a pill or just therapy, whatever the fuck it is, and who knows what I'll do. <clears throat> I'll write a fucking book. Maybe that's something I'll do. If I don't get help for whatever I'm dealing with, I will never write a book. I am just saying that. And I'm not saying that as like a defeatist, like unless you prescribe me Adderall, I'm not writing a book. It's like I am incapable of it, you guys. I'm, I'm not going to ever do it. And I have to accept that about myself because if I constantly live in the state of like, you should write a book. Why aren't you writing a book? You need to write a book. I'll always feel terrible. So I have to just accept that I cannot write a book without, without some, some intervention here. And um, I think it's it's been the fact that the fact that I've had to maybe think about writing a book and really seriously consider it and actually attempt it and, and realize that I cannot do it. That's what's driven me to actually get help for whatever I've been struggling with. I think my whole life. I mean, if I read the, the characteristics of someone I've talked to you guys about this extensively, I don't know why I'm acting like this is some kind of novel idea, but I maybe my messy room isn't because I'm just gross and because I don't care or I'm lazy or I'm dirty or any of these things that I've always thought about myself that I don't deserve. Like who would ever marry someone that eats like you, that um, treats their clothing like you do, that has piles of garbage everywhere like you do. I mean, that's those are things I've been hearing my whole life from like my parents, from my aunt Lynn telling me that no boy would ever want to date me because of the way I eat and how sloppy I am and all these things. Um, what if that's all because I have some a problem? I have a, a neurological disease. I don't know what it is. What is it? A, a disorder. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's not my fault. Which really anything that's wrong with you is not your fault. I mean, it's just you can always explain something away by saying it's the way your brain is, you know, truly anything. It's one of my favorite arguments in in the book Free Will by Sam Harris. He always he says that um you know, free will, he says there's none. Um and I truly believe there's none. I don't think that we make a choice about literally anything we do. Even if you think you're making a choice, just read the book Free Will. If I'm not going to argue about it, but it, it will blow your mind. And you're not supposed to read Free Will. He has a legit um, caveat at the beginning of the book that says, don't read this if you suffer with like bipolar or any kind of schizophrenia, because this will trip you out because you have no control over yourself or your thoughts. None. It's wild. 
Um, but in that, and I've said this before, but it bears repeating, but he's, he says that, you know, when a serial killer commits a heinous crime or whatever, or some guy shoots up a fucking building and maybe kills himself. And then they do an autopsy on their brain and they're like, Oh my God, there was a tumor in his right amygdala or whatever the hell. And everyone goes, Oh, that's why. Oh my God, he didn't. It's not that he wanted to do that. It's his brain. There was a, a thing in his brain. There was an anomaly. Well, guess what? Whether it's a tumor or not, anything you do is because of an anomaly in your brain. So you can always blame it on that. And so that's kind of interesting to me, I guess. But I would like an excuse for why I am the way I am that isn't just like, you're dirty, you know? I just, the doctor was at, I just talked to this guy for an hour. It's always funny when I see a new therapist, which I've seen so many new therapists in my life. It's just, I've gone to so, so many over the years and they're always blown away by how much I share right out of the gate. They're always like, thank you for trusting me. And thank you so much for sharing so much. They always, I can tell they're kind of like, they always go into it. Like now you don't have to share this if you don't want to, or just, you know, gently want to go into this. And I am just like puking all of everything. I'll tell every little detail. I even told this guy that I was wiping with a towel for a couple weeks. I'm like, why not? Who cares? If it helps you figure out what the fuck is wrong with me, I'll share it. You know? Um, but he was like, thank you. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. Or, like, it's funny because the one therapist I was seeing for a while, she would always be like, thank you so much for sharing that. I can't believe you're so candid. And I was like, I literally just got done saying all of this on my serious show like an hour ago. So it's this is not a big deal thousands of people just heard it I don't really have a problem sitting across from you in this tiny room and telling you I don't know but that's um that's one of that's one of my traits you know just oversharing and that's also a trait of someone with ADHD is someone who's constantly saying everything that's on their mind and having no filter and honestly it's gotten me in some trouble not trouble but I don't like being that way I would like to keep some things to the vest I don't like vests Although I did wear a neon one to go view that apartment the other day. It was fun to look like a construction worker. Um, yeah, I just don't, um, I don't have any problem telling just oversharing. What did they call oversharing before the word overshare? I feel like that word became popularized in like 2004. And before that, it was just like word vomit, I guess is what people said. Or like um, just... Uh, being a drunk I don't know what 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 did people used to say for people that shared too much I don't know but I've always been that way and as a kid I just was quiet I, I learned that don't say anything because it, your thoughts are not they freak people out girl they just I, I used to make people so uncomfortable with some of the shit I would say and I remember getting looks and like concerned looks or my dad would say what what would make you say that and I just learned like, okay, well, you should just stop talking altogether because uh, there's no telling when something you say is going to make everyone think you're really, really weird. So anyway, hope to get a diagnosis on that. I got to go take a two hour test. And then he told me that then they refer me to a doctor that could prescribe meds. I'm like, what, what are you then? He was like, well, I'm a doctor. That's a, more of a, like, I can give you a diagnosis. And I'm like, but Who's going to give me things that will make whatever? I'm going to go through whatever process is right. I'm not just trying to get meds here. I'm just trying to figure out what's wrong. Um, I just was like, bottom line, man, I'm 36 and I'm living at home with my parents. And 
I don't need to be. I am independently wealthy. I am a single woman who is socially uh, capable. I don't need to be living at home with my parents. There's something wrong. This is where I am paralyzed to find a car. I can't find an apartment. I can't make decisions. I'm bad at it. And maybe you're saying to me, Nikki, this is just being a human. And maybe it is. But if there's something I could have some sort of assistance with to take the edge off, I would love it. I In buying a car, I don't know how people buy cars. You have to spend so much time going to test drive and going drive across, looking on Craigslist, looking on Carvana, talking to your friends who know about cars, talking to your ex-boyfriend who knows about cars, sending, then going to look at them, then driving them around. It's like, it's all so boring. I don't want to do any of it. Just someone tell me what car to get and I'll just blindly get it. But you know what? I won't because then I'll have to send it to the other men in my life who I'm asking for help with cars. I don't know why I'm only asking men. Men are the only ones who give a fuck about cars. And that's not true. I know lots of girls care about cars, but men care so much about cars. Oh my God. They all have opinions on them. Even the most like boring man has serious opinions about cars or that like, or even the most evolved man that's like beyond, you know, um, material possessions still cares about cars I found one that I really like though do you want to know what it is it's a 2015 let me pull it up for you it's so like I know that I don't usually care about cars but this one is like gets me fucking hard um it is a 2015 and you tell me if you know about cars will you let me know if you think this is a good idea it's a 2015 Mercedes-Benz GLK 350 formatic all-wheel drive and it is this beautiful like cherry red it's a fucking sexy car yes I did want a hybrid I want a car that's good for the environment but I also think all of those cars are super ugly I don't want to spend more than twenty thousand dollars on a car I yes I could afford more than twenty thousand dollars but who who needs to spend that much money on a car who cares this is a really nice looking car it looks different than other cars it has 82,000 miles and it's $19,450. You guys let me know what you think. I might go test drive it tomorrow. Um, so that's my, that's the car I'm looking into. Or I just might, you know, throw in the towel and get a goddamn Prius. I drove a Prius when I lived in LA. I loved it. And it, who need is someone not going to love, what do I really want in life? Let me just explore that. What do I, all I want in life is to just be happy, be healthy, um, have people who love me maybe find a, a life partner is some man gonna love me more because I'm driving a cooler car do I even want to be with that kind of man do, yes I want to feel good about myself when I get in the car I want to see my car and feel like a sense of joy but is that where I'm gonna get my joy from is a goddamn car that's kind of sad to me but maybe it's the case I don't know maybe this car will make me happy maybe it won't maybe I, maybe I deserve to have an even nicer car 2015 I, I mean they were making good things back then it was a good year for me. What was I doing in 2015? Oh, actually it was kind of a, no, that was a decent year. I sold the show Not Safe, started making it. My ex-boyfriend broke up with me. That was pretty rough. Then we got back together. That was pretty rad. Then we kind of broke up again. That was, that was shit. Then we got back together and then we like stayed together for another, I think, year and a half. So 2015 all in all was pretty sweet. Um, what else can I say? Yeah, finding a new apartment. I think I just might get a temporary place where I look for a place to buy. I got to get out of this house, even though I'm loving it. I'm loving living at home with my parents. What's wrong with me? I'm too old for this shit. But, you know, it keeps me from having to, like, take the next step in life. 
you know? This guy that I'm talking to that I've been texting with, I can tell he wants to FaceTime and maybe get to know each other. I, If I live with my parents, I always have an excuse that I, I don't have to. I'm always like with them. They're always in the next room. Can't really talk. Good. Keeps me, keeps me from any kind of intimacy. I don't think that guy listens to this podcast, but if he does, man, I want to tell you about it, but I won't. Last night he gave me such a compliment. We were talking about another female comic and he was like if given the choice I would definitely have sex with you over her can I just tell every man right now that's not a compliment that's not a compliment I, I told my friend about it and she was like what was annoying to you about that and it's like well you should want to fuck me over that girl are you talking to that girl every night I would hope I know she's very pretty and and sexy and famous but like I'm the one you've been putting effort. I hope that I almost wrote back duh, but instead I wrote thank you with a question mark. I felt that was like a that was a good call. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not really that interested in in um it, it fluctuates every day. You know that guys, how I feel about dating. I am on Raya. I was thinking about getting on Bumble or Hinge in the St. Louis area, but I also I don't know. I just want to date someone that I already know, you know, that I'm already aware of. The guy that I'm talking about that I'm texting with is someone who who has enough stuff out there that I've I've known about them for years. So I feel like I know them. I was also open to dating guys from my high school because I'm like, at least I have a little bit of like I know them already. I just don't want to date people that I don't know already. I just don't. Isn't that weird? It's weird. I know. But talking to strangers, getting to know strangers I don't like it. And that's why people are always like, oh, you only want to date famous people. It's not because they're famous. I really, I don't care about the status of dating someone famous and being able to brag about that stuff. Like, yeah, I'm sure it's like, would be nice to be like, oh, guess who I'm dating this, this person. I do want to date someone who like is accomplished in what they do and cares about what they do. But I only want to date famous people because I already can, I can research them and I know that I feel like I know them. And then I'm more comfortable going out with them because I've already vetted them. I do have a crush on a new famous person, a big crush. And it's funny because my crushes on famous people used to be like, yeah, right, Nikki. And now they're like, well, I could meet them. Um, it's not crazy. Yeah, I just uh, I don't even want to talk about who it is, but it's a legit crush. He's always been someone that everyone crushes on. And I've been like, ah, I don't see it. But then I watched the thing the other night and I was like, I love him. <laughs> and Andrew told me I should DM him even though he has millions and millions of followers, so I doubt he would even see it. But um, I am thinking about what I would DM someone who's pretty famous and um, say to them. Because I know for me, when I get DMs from people that I don't know, like what what cuts through? What kind of guy would I look for? What could you say to me that would get through? And not that I would use the same technique that would work on me because I'm not a man, so I don't know what works, but um, but I don't know what works on me. I really don't. I think um, I think leading with, uh, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I'm really grossed out when guys lead with that they're sexually attracted to me, and then other times I'm really grossed out when they only when they don't mention it and they only say like I really love, like I think you're funny. Sometimes I'm like, oh, is that all you think? And then sometimes when they're like, I think you're hot, I'm like, oh, is that all you think? So you can't fucking win. All I know is that I might have to make a first move and DM the celebrity guy and just see what happens. Oh, shit. There's a storm coming. 
Oh, yes, glazed dog doesn't have to go for a run tonight because it's going to rain. Oh, I love having an excuse not to work out. Okay, well, um, I'm going to take a short break and I'll be back with more show. I've got a good um, reader or reader listener uh, DM that I got. Um, I think you're going to appreciate it. I'm going to maybe watch some porn and review it for you too. So um, stay with me. And we're back. Hey, guys. Um, thanks for staying with me. Like I said, I've got a great uh, little message here that I got from a girl about a week ago, I think. And I asked her immediately. I said, can I read this on air and give you my advice there? I won't use your name. She said, haha, of course, I'd be honored. So here we go. She wrote, Nikki, I need your help. This is from Natalie. Nikki, I need your help. Two exclamation marks. Okay, here's the sitch. So you know how difficult it is to find good porn. Oh, girl, do I ever. Well, a few months ago, I stumbled upon a video. Too tame for you or I would have shared. With probably the most attractive male porn star I've ever seen. Not just gorgeous, but there's something about his energy that really does it for me. Like I'm talking coming in seconds. So I end up lurking his IG and watching all of his videos over the next month or so. Then... I fucking match with him on Bumble. He lives in my town. What are the chances? Thing is, if I'm busy, I don't always check my new matches in time and they expire. This happened with him and I haven't stopped kicking myself since. I messaged him here on IG, but he never opened it. Considering that he has 40,000 followers, is there any chance that he'll ever see my DM? What can I do to get his attention? P.S. Love the pod so much and feel like I relate to you more than anyone I've ever met. Thank you for your openness. Heart. Okay. Natalie. First of all, if he has 40,000 followers, I hate to tell you, but he has read your DM. He has seen it. And because I have 600 and something thousand followers and I, I got to be honest, I see 90% of my DMs. And so I'm guessing this guy with 40,000 and he's a guy, a horny guy. He's seen your DM and oh shit, we just lost power in my goddamn house. Please come back on power. I can't live. Oh, thank God it's back. Oh no, it's gone again. Oh God. Nothing depresses me more than losing power, please. And there's not even a lightning storm. It's just wind. Oh no. Oh, it's back. Okay. I'm not going to keep alerting you, but if it goes out again, I, I mean, it's hard not to. But it is back and it's going to stay back. Oh, thank God. It's so pretty outside the way that I think a tree is going to come. I mean, there's such large, tall trees in my parents' backyard. I think one might crash on the house tonight because these winds are insane. Holy shit. I hope if I die because a tree crashes into this room right now, someone pulls this. Oh, my God, you guys. I'm not joking. You, It's like a tornado outside. I got to get this uploaded because I might die and this will be my last thing. Okay. So here's my advice to you, Natalie. Okay, so she goes, so I go on. Um, she goes, now that I know you're going to read it on air. So here's an update. The lights just went on again, just to keep you updated. Now that I know you're going to read it on air, all I can think about is how I should have told the story better. I was trying to keep it short so you would read the whole message. His porn name is Tyler something, by the way. I'm not going to say his last name. Maybe he listens to the pod. Can't wait to listen. Can't wait to listen next week. He definitely doesn't, but Okay. I asked her to send a video that I could watch and talk about on the podcast. So she sent one and I'm going to watch it right now and give the rest of my advice to sweet, sweet Natalie. Okay, so I'm back and um, I know I told you I was going to watch a porn with you. I did watch the porn the girl sent. Um, Thank you so much for sending that. Uh, So hot. The guy 
goes down on the girl a lot in it, which is awesome. And he's very enthusiastic. It's been a while since old glazed dog has seen um, porn where a, a woman receives that kind of pleasure. Well, I, I see a lot of girls get stuffed um, pretty um, aggressively in in every way but there's not a lot of conolingus going on in the in on the kink.com videos this one was from the belessa website bell belessa b-e-l-l-e-s-a and um it's porn made for by women which has to make you feel good although the porn i watch is also a lot of times produced by women. I was actually reading about this one woman that mates a lot of the videos I watch because I was watching, I tend to watch a lot of um, this kind of series called, uh, uh, what is it called? Bound Ga- Gangbangs, I think it's called, um, on kink.com. There's like separate channels on kink.com. And um, one of the videos I was watching was particularly brutal. Like they were being really mean to the girl, like kind of like, spitting in her face i had to turn it off like which doesn't happen a lot but it was so mean to the girl i was like there's just i know she consented to all of this but there's no way she's having a good time um and i looked into it to be like who directed this and it was a woman that directed it and um i was reading up about this woman and she's famous within the community i have to go in the next room to go get my phone because it's a long story i haven't had power for like two hours now Hold on, I'm, I'm going in another room and talking to my parents. Hey guys, I'm in the middle of taping my podcast. I'm looking for my phone. How's it going? Um, you, my, my mom's shushing my dad. Um, hold on, I have to get my phone. Okay, here we go. My dad just sold two awnings out and about on the town. Um, there was a huge storm. Like I said before, we've been out of power for about an hour and a half. Um, I did connect to my hotspot on my phone, so I was able to get... Um, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to send this podcast. I apologize to Noah for the delay in me sending it. It's all due to the storm and for my own um, just uh, procrastination um, all day long. I always wait till the last second. It's not fair. Got to be better about it. I'm trying to get on Adderall. (laughs) Okay. So I finally found this woman who directed some of the bound gang bangs I watch. (laughs) So Sorry. Her name is Princess Donna Delore, um, and she's terrifying to me. I see her in a lot of the porn I watch. She's usually like kind of orchestrating things and bossing people around and telling them what to do to people. And um, I like it because she's like a, a woman on set, so at least the things she's telling to do to the women, it's like a a woman's overseeing it. So maybe there's a little compassion, but man, this bitch is cold. Um, so it ta- I'm reading her biography. This woman. Um, she was born on January of 1982 and studied at the renowned Tisch School of Arts during her time at NYU to, to help cover her costs. While studying at the university, she began working as a stripper and took the name. St- okay, so da, 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 da. so she um, in 2004, she was hired as a webmaster and director by a division of kink.com and she moved across the country to San Francisco. Um, originally, um, she says, I intended to work exclusively behind the camera, but I quickly learned that the best way to get What I wanted out of every performer was to be on camera holding their hand and encouraging them to accept every bit of filth inside their souls. Okay. 
Um, she says Wired Pussy, which is one of their channels, was perfect for the cleansing process where discomfort and punishment could quickly be used to eradicate the unnecessary parts of their personalities and enable the audience to discover who these people are on a much more granular level. Sex, pain, emotion, and, ex- and acceptance are all about getting drilled down to the lowest common denominator of what makes any particular person truly tick. Okay, so maybe there's more to the degrading sex I watch than meets the eye. Um, At least she thinks so. Um, This is where it got interesting. I couldn't stop reading because I was like, whoa, there's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot more to this than just girls being told they're dumb sluts and telling them to wink like pigs and them getting fisted and and then yelled at about it. Um, It's so much more. It's so much deeper. Um, This is a very interesting paragraph of her biography. At first, with a camera and a crew... Um, but later as the prime dominatrix on the site, Princess Donna made frequent guest appearances in more than 300 scenes for kink. And it is fair to say she always left everything she had on the floor of the studio dungeon, whether it was the last few drops of her own juices, gross, or years of emotional baggage being discarded right in front of you. The complete honesty of her own performances in front of the camera are precisely what coaxed the best scenes out of so many subs who finally stopped trying to be models and decided to be openly themselves in front of everyone instead. Okay, so this is the appeal of this stuff to me is that these girls are having like, they're all tied up and they're being forced to like endure a lot of pain and humiliation. And it's just something, there's there's something cool about that, I guess. And so I guess I'm not alone in being very intrigued and turned on by all of this. So I like this one part that she says. <laughs> okay. This is crazy. Um, For many, it's easy to act like a porn star in a... Oh, she talks about like there's this one um, sector of kink.com called public disgrace where like people are um, humiliated in public and like walked around on leashes and stuff like that. And she says... For many, it's easy to act like a porn star in a closed studio surrounded only by porn people. But take away the familiar environment, eliminated this, eliminate the safety of their own creature comforts at a place that they have been so many times before, and have them out in public where complete strangers can observe their holes being used. That gets them to stop being porn stars and start feeling like the needy, come-hungry objects they were always fated to become. I'm getting turned on. No, I mean, I think there is something really hot about that. She goes, you, this is the part, you show me a sub who thinks she is a porn star and I'll show you a girl who is putting on a front right up until some guy in a bar is fisting the falsities right out of her. Holy shit. It goes on. This is a fun, this is interesting too because a lot of stuff on kink.com, which I love, they make the girls, like they don't let the girls close their eyes. Um, which is always something I do when I'm having sex. Like when I'm about to have that moment, I always just instinctually close my eyes. I think it's just because you're so embarrassed by like what you're feeling and like it's too intense that you need to like shut the world away to like be very comfortable. But in a lot of porn, people are like, you open your fucking eyes. And this one's a little, this is a little much, but I think you'll be intrigued by this. Um, Incidentally, if you share Princess Donna's pet peeve about girls closing their eyes during cum shots, you will love her work on film. Eyes always open, looking up at you without any excuses or winces from the discomfort of catching a load inside her eyelids. What? 
Okay, that I have not seen yet because most of the porn I do not watch until the guy comes. I'm not really interested in watching guys come. I don't like bukkake. I don't like cream pies. I don't really like cum in porn. I like it in a personal relationship, not in my porn. This is what she says. A sub's eyes. I'm really sorry, by the way, to anyone listening to this who might be like a professional person who works for me. I'm talking again to my business manager who listens to all these episodes. I really hope you stopped listening long before. If you do hear this, please don't text. You texted me today that you heard, and I'm so glad that you listened. I know that you listen, but I don't I don't want to hear that you heard this. Let's just pretend like you did it. <laughs> okay, this is what she says. A sub's eyes aren't her own, said Donna with a stern gaze. I blame those who allow subs to obtain the wrong idea that closing an eye is optional. I'm everything but straight. I like girls. I like boys. I like transgendered girls and boys. Um, That explains why the porn scenes she directs are decadent portrayals of the outer boundaries of BDSM sex. Okay, I have to tell you one of the things she directed that you should check out (laughs) if you're interested. It's called Hot Slut Pays Off Her Boyfriend's Debts With Her Body. I haven't watched this one, but it looks really good, and I'll probably watch it later tonight. Anyway, um, I don't know why I wanted to share any of that stuff. This is the kind of stuff I'm into. I've, I've, I mean, it's made by a woman. She directed it. These are Maybe I'm not so wrong to be a woman that's into this stuff. I do feel, though, really bad about it a lot of times because it's women being really mistreated, and it feels like there's something wrong with me. God damn it. You know what's happening right now? I just have the porn up on the screen, and it's... Um, you know, it's paused, but then there's a video, like there's an ad playing that is just a guy doing some stuff. And it's so, um, it's so distracting. I can't even finish this podcast. I have ADD. I think I just passed the goddamn test. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really, um, I feel uncomfortable that I just talked to my dad five minutes ago and now I'm watching this guy go on this woman's vagina. It literally looks like he's doing this. He's going. (laughs) I wish you guys could see it. Um, Yeah. I don't know what to feel about any of this. Was that advice that I gave to that girl? I just thought that was interesting that she like had a crush on this guy and then he suddenly showed up. Again, yeah, I just think he's not. He maybe isn't interested, but maybe bump that DM up. Maybe remind him of you that you exist. That's my advice. I'll see you tomorrow on the show. Sorry if this one was all over the place, but I lost power a lot. I'm going to bed right now. It's like 730. I can't be in this house without power. What the fuck am I going to do? All My phone's dying. The batteries that, you know, the detachable batteries, they're all dying. Everything's going to die eventually, including us. Got to go. Uh, life is precious. Bye. Uh, squirt, squirt. A jackpot. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 